0: Good morning, Oregon. I'm Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffbeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon History Podcast. It's Monday, so this is an archive show first published as a newspaper column sometime in the last 10 years. Thanks for downloading, and I hope you enjoy the show. This story was first published on August 5th of 2012 under the headline, Long Gone Dance Hall hosted Chuck Berry, Johnny Cash, and more. Here we go. Halfway between Albany and Lebanon on Highway 20, not far from the bottomlands of the South Sandyam River, there's a little store called the Cottonwoods Market. If you should find yourself driving by with a few extra minutes to spare, you may be tempted to stop for a snack. If you do, pause for a moment on the porch of that market and look across the street at the dusty, overgrown, vacant lot on the other side. That's the former site of the Cottonwoods Ballroom. The Cottonwoods Ballroom was probably the most important entertainment venue between Portland and Eugene, a kind of first among equals of the dance hall community centers that once peppered the Willamette Valley. The list of acts who have performed there reads like an excerpt from some kind of multi-ethnic who's who of 20th century musicians. Louis Armstrong, Count Basie, the Nat King Cold Trio, Duke Ellington, Sons of the Pioneers, Tennessee Ernie Ford, Lefty Frizzell, Hank Snow, Tex, Ritter, Fats, Domino, Little Richard, Jerry Lee, Lewis, Chuck Berry, Johnny Cash, they all came to the Cottonwoods. Quote, big bands such as Fats Domino and Johnny Cash made appearances at Cottonwoods in the middle of the week between gigs in Portland and Eugene, explains historian and Western Oregon University graduate student Tony Rush on the blog she's created to memorialize and document the Cottonwoods ballroom. There's another name you'll hear mentioned as having played at the Cottonwoods, too. Elvis Presley. A number of Mid-Valley residents have recalled conversations in which his name came up as a performer at the Cottonwoods long before he was famous, the problem is we can't be sure, because first-hand accounts are lacking. I saw Elvis at the Cottonwoods in 1946, that kind of thing. Or advertising, either. Historian Jim Creighton is frankly skeptical. Quote, Elvis sightings at the Cottonwoods are fairly common and completely mythical, he said. I've done much research trying to find the truth, and everything points to him not being there. The same is true for rumors of a show by country music legend Hank Williams, he added. The ballroom got its start in 1930, at the start of the Great Depression, when Gladys and Harry Wiley built it as a performance venue and community center, located at an important crossroads among half a dozen small and medium-sized Willamette Valley communities. Right from the start, the Cottonwoods was different. Its name was almost certainly intended to evoke Harlem's famous Cotton Club. Though it was a different kind of venue, the Cottonwoods quickly developed a reputation for booking spectacular African-American performers. One key way the Cottonwoods differed from the Cotton Club was the audience. The Wileys aimed to provide a family-friendly atmosphere there, sort of. So the Cottonwoods' famous, quote, tall, tan, and terrific dancing girls were not part of the Cottonwoods' scene, and neither were the club's alcoholic beverages. The Cottonwoods was strictly alcohol-free. However, patrons were welcome to crack a bottle in the parking lot just outside, and many did just that, like tailgaters at a beavers game. And after Prohibition was repealed, the Wileys officially opened the place across the street, next door to today's Cottonwoods Tavern, as a tavern. It probably had been an unofficial tavern for some time, though. In 1939, the Wileys got divorced and Harry left. Gladys remained in charge of the place. Another change about that time was the installation of a new dance floor made of clear pine. Creighton told Rush that the dancers felt as if they were, quote, dancing on springboards, and as a result, they stayed up and active later into the night. Then, as the Second World War started looming on the horizon, the U.S. Army built and opened Camp Adair. Oregon's second-largest city, a massive army base located about 20 miles away from the Cottonwoods. Being an army base, it of course lacked anything like the Cottonwoods, so the 40,000 servicemen stationed there would pile into old jalopies and drive across the river to the ballroom to party. Quote, One person remembered how it was expensive to get a taxicab, so often the men would combine their change and jump into an old Model T, filling the car and leaving men hanging off the running boards on their way to Cottonwoods, Rush writes. The images of men hanging off the running boards on their way to a performance of Hazel Fisher and her all-girl band, the most popular of all the bands during the war, is enough to make anyone laugh. At the end of the evening, the men would pile back onto the old flivver again, usually pretty drunk by this time, and straggle back to base. Gladys Wiley actually instituted a curfew at the Cottonwoods to help encourage them to get back home on time. The Cottonwoods really came into its own and made a nationwide name for itself among performers in the years after the war. That's when the really big names, Fats Domino, Chuck Berry, Hank Snow, Johnny Cash, when they came to play. But in 1960, Gladys closed the dance hall for reasons related to the declining health of a loved one, and the golden age was over. A few months after she did this, the dance hall reopened under new management, but apparently the magic was gone because it was closed again before the end of 61. It straggled on for a few years, closing and reopening a few more times as different people tried to make a go of it. For some time in the 70s, it was probably Oregon's most rural disco nightclub. Eventually, in the 1980s, it became a bingo hall and community center. The end came in the early 1990s, when a windstorm tore the roof up and ruined the structure. It was demolished, and the lot was leveled, and all that remained was a rusty sign by the roadside, where it stayed for years before finally being removed. Locals today still remember the Cottonwoods and use it as a point of reference. Quote, "'Turn left at the Cottonwoods, even though it's been gone for almost 20 years.'" With it has gone an era in Oregon history, one in which dance halls hummed and throbbed with lively music on a Saturday night, and neighbors met each other for potluck socials on a Sunday afternoon. That spirit is mostly a memory, and the best we can do is hope it comes back someday to reanimate those rural community centers and grange halls that are quietly fading away or have already vanished in places like Riverside and Crowfoot and St. Paul. Maybe if it does, the Cottonwoods will be rebuilt. Historian Creighton will be ready if it is. He is the proud owner of a small pile of lumber, the last few pieces of the dance floor installed in the late 30s. Quote, I talked to the guy who tore the building down and found out who bought the dance floor, he told Lebanon Express reporter Matt DeBow. The guy who bought the flooring still had a little bit left stored in a barn. I just could not resist buying the last bit of it. Key sources in this story have included works by Tony Rush pnwbands.com correspondence with Jim Creighton and the Lebanon Express July 4th 2012 That's our show for today thanks again for listening this podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History a public history resource for the state we love what you've been listening to is one of more than 500 stories originally created and published as newspaper columns in first run syndication between 2008 and today you can read them all at offbeatoregon.com other Offbeat Oregon goodies include an active Facebook page, a Twitter feed, a ton of historic photos, and a bunch more stuff, plus a book, including visuals for today's show and full citations to sources. All these things are accessible via our hub page at offbeatoregon.com. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details, see offbeatoregon.com cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Facara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj@offbeatoregon.com. At Episodes of Offbeat Oregon History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now.